0: We hear a lot about overnight successes, but are those successes truly overnight? The reality is people who have long-term success actually have something that matters more than talent or intelligence, and that something is grit. Today, we will talk about grit and how you can use it to become a success on your own.
1: Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis and I'm here with Miranda Marquid. How are you doing, Miranda?
0: I'm doing well. How are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. So, are you an overnight success?
0: No, <laughs> I'm barely a success at all.
1: <laughs> uh, a lot of people did think that there's one thing I succeeded with that I can point to, and that is a financial website I started, Consumerism Commentary. It seemed to pop out of nowhere, and it seemed to be almost an overnight success, not as much as, you know, people who become viral on YouTube and then are suddenly famous and then do nothing with their lives. I'm talking about this business that ended up building up and it was okay, but the thing is a lot of people didn't realize that without everything that came before it, the business wouldn't have been all that successful. So although I started the website in 2003 and by 2004 it had turned into a legitimate business, which is basically overnight there was a lot of stuff that i had done prior to that to set me up for that success so let's talk about some of those things that can happen to create this this idea of overnight success uh or at least this impression of it and you have this article from the muse that describes some of the problems with overnight success stories what do we what do we see
0: yeah well i think one of the big issues that we run into is we love this idea of overnight success. We love this idea of being skyrocketed into the the public consciousness. And one of the things that I love about your story, first of all, is like, oh, well, it was a viable business in 2004. And I started in 2003. But you didn't sell your site for the large amount of money that you sold it for until years after that, even. And most people take a look at it and say, oh, well, how do I get this blog that can sell for all this money? Uh, immediately. And they look at you and they're like, oh, instant wealth. But it wasn't that instant. And I think a lot of people, we just love to have this Cinderella story. We love to believe that there's some magic formula that if you just hit that magic formula, it'll it'll be magic. And it'll, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> the magic and- formula is magic and, and it'll work. And part of the problem, too, is when somebody suddenly catapults into the consciousness, you think, oh, well, wow, that happened fast. But you don't see all of the years of work that goes behind it. You just see that fame and you just see that pop that suddenly seems like they're suddenly there and they suddenly hit this critical mass. But the reality is, is there's probably a lot more that went on behind the scenes.
1: It's funny that this is called a Cinderella story because at least my understanding of Cinderella is that she worked pretty hard for her evil stepsisters and her evil stepmother and then some magic happened and she was able to go to the ball um, but you know the the story that we're talking about is how someone will seem to just come from nowhere and suddenly have this success that sounds a little bit more like say Sleeping Beauty where, where she's asleep and suddenly her prince shows up and they live happily ever after, and she never had to do anything to get what she wanted. So maybe maybe it should be a, a Sleeping Beauty story. But anyway, the point is that there's a lot of stuff that happens before this success hits the public consciousness, and we just don't see that because it's all hidden. And then from there, a lot of successful people like to maintain this story because it gives them another reason for people to listen to them. And then they start writing books about their success and become boring. They become boring people.
0: That's right. And we do. We like this idea that if the circumstances are just right, and if just the right person recognizes my awesome genius, then I will catapult to wealth and fame And it'll be simple. We like this idea. We like this idea of how simple it could be if just the right circumstances occurred. And what we don't really realize is a lot of the time the right circumstances occur because of a lot of work that has been done in the past.
1: Yeah, it's not just the hard work. It 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 is the persistence. Uh, it's it's working hard even in the face of of things that get in the way. I think that's really a, an important piece, and you know we can call that grit more. Than talent, more than intelligence, uh, but it helps to have everything combined. It's it's really the grit that gives someone the ability to succeed in whatever whatever it is that they happen to be doing. Of course, if it's something easy, there's really no notoriety in succeeding in that. Um, You know, the kind of success that we talk about are these goals that put you outside of the norm. It's irrational, even, to just ignore people who doubt you. You can listen to people who have good suggestions, but you have to be able to evaluate which are the doubters who have something to say who can help you and those who just don't believe in you and are just getting in the way. Uh, So grit is getting through all of that.
0: Yeah, and I think that this idea of grit and persistence is one that we lose, we're losing a little bit. I, I've talked to parents who are like, you're still having your son take piano lessons. <laughs> Does he like them? I'm like, not particularly, but I think it's important for him to stick with it. Right. <laughs> Just, you know, and and I have, and there there have been times in the past when, when he's like, oh, you know, I... I like fencing, but you know, today there's something else I'd rather do to, than go to fencing practice. And it's like, well, you've committed to fencing, so let's stick through it. And in the end, he's, he's glad he's, he stuck through it. He did really well at his last fencing tournament because, you know, he, he had that grit and he went to practice, even though he didn't necessarily feel like it. But that kind of persistence is something we kind of lose a little bit because having grit is not always fun. And it's not always super pleasant.
1: Grit is also the latest psychology buzzword, and it has spread over into education now. And there are movements to, you know, turn away from testing, turn away from other evaluations of, you know, potential success, like, say, SATs, and look more at how, you know, how a student develops this sense of, um You know, determination and grit in school, and look at that as a factor of future success. And even that has faced some. Some pretty strong criticism in its approach because you know, like, like we said at the top, grit isn't the only thing. You know, yes, it helps and is necessary to succeed, as I had, as I've written on adulting the website already. But it really needs a combination of a lot of factors. It's not just grit. You know, you also have to work on building talent. You also have to look at your intelligence factors and various types of intelligence, not just IQ tests and and so forth. So you know, it's really a combination of everything that needs to play really well together. And as we try to figure this out in the psychology and the uh, education and the behavioral sectors of society, eventually we'll we'll figure out a way to filter all of this down into the schools to to make sure that everybody is getting you know the best chance to succeed as possible.
0: And I think that's an interesting point you make because according to Uh, his SAT tests, my ex should not have gone on to get a PhD and been successful in college because that's what the SAT is supposed to measure, right? Your,
1: your chances of success in college. You know, in aggregate over, you know, millions of people. Yes.
0: Right. I mean, that's what it's designed, what it's supposedly designed to do. Well, he didn't do super fantastic on his SAT, but he did really well all the way through college and he went on and got a PhD. So, just, just because of that sheer persistence and that sheer grit, you know, I'm going to do this. I will make this happen. And so, it was just that grit that kind of made it happen. But I think one of the things we forget about as we're working and dreaming and hoping for this sort of overnight success or this sudden discovery or this sudden critical mass that we want to hit. One of the things we forget is: uh, have we laid the groundwork to be prepared? for that level of success. Are you ready for that success? Do you have that groundwork?
1: Yeah, I think in a lot of cases, people aren't ready. Like a lot of things in life, we figure things out as we go along. Someone who strikes it rich in the lottery, certainly if they've been living in poverty, is probably not psychologically prepared for the responsibilities of you know, what happens when, well, first of all, the media storm that surrounds every lottery winning. um, uh, But I mean, why even talk about it? I mean, the chances are so low that something like that's going to happen. I think that if it's true that overnight successes are not overnight, there's a progression that leads to a certain point, you have the opportunity to, to take the time to adapt yourself. Um, as you see this success happening, even if other people don't see it and even if you appear to be an overnight success to other people, as you are going through this process, you become more and more familiar with uh, with what it means to have the responsibilities of success.
0: Yeah, and I think that's an important point. With lottery winners, you look at how many of them actually go bankrupt, within a few years and it's a lot of them because they're not really prepared for it another story that was shared in that muse article was the clothing store American the clothing uh, maker uh, clothing company American Giant so they were just doing their thing and they you know they were trying and they were putting it together but all of a sudden uh, one columnist did a review and all of a sudden Everything was sold out, but they weren't prepared for that, and they didn't have the capacity to meet production demands, the sudden production demands. They didn't have the customer service to deal with all of the angry people when they couldn't meet production demand, and it was just a huge problem for them. And like you said, it takes years of practice, and, and suddenly having that overnight success, well, it may not be quite the the great thing that you hope for.
1: Yeah. So what we're looking at here, and you know, we just have to be careful because you know we're saying we're talking about overnight successes. and We're saying there's no such thing. You it, know, it, there's always some kind of background work. And then here we have an example of a store that had a fortuitous moment. They were recognized by someone with influence, and they shot up into into the public. And so, so you know, it really is the slope of the curve that we're talking about. Okay. So overnight successes, you know, basically it's hard to do this, but I'm, I'm pointing with my finger and you can't see it, but you know, there's this curve that looks like, uh, you know, it's, it it starts off low, starts off low, then it goes higher towards the right and it's, it gets steeper and steeper as it goes. Now that can be compressed if, you know, if there is someone who helps you along the way and the curve goes higher, faster before it gets too far to the right, let's say. And um, can you really prepare for that? I mean, if let's let's say American Giant didn't get that exposure at that time, but still, the decisions they would have had to have made to that point, If they wanted to be prepared for that success at that time, would have been seen like totally unnecessary and probably a waste of money. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. We can look at their success and say, "Oh, they should have prepared for that better by you know um, having more scalable systems, or you know more retailers ready to go, or more manufacturers, or or a stronger workforce." Well, all of those things would have cost money, and then if that surprise opportunity never came, they might run out of money and and failed. You know, assuming that they were planning properly for the situation they were in, they were probably doing just fine. And had they had been more prepared, as we like to say, they might have not survived. We, we like to say it's great to be prepared for the opportunities that, that come your way. And, you know, there, there's no luck. There's just being prepared to grab an opportunity when, when it happens. And sometimes the preparation just doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you were to properly prepare for a, an opportunity that never comes by, uh, you're just, um, you're just making yourself uh, putting your, putting your failure into a more likely position than your success. So there are some things you just can't plan for.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a a good point. When we talk about persistence and how important it is, uh, like you said, I mean, we don't know what could have happened in a different situation. And so, like you said, your plan may not survive. You may have a plan, but what if it doesn't move forward? What happens if you can't execute? There are a lot of issues that come into play where persistence does matter, and you just kind of have to be prepared for that.
1: Yeah, and I love this idea that planning is not as important to success as persistence, because we all like to plan. The other day, I had a lot of things I wanted to do. I just moved recently, and I have a lot of stuff on my plate, and I just wrote up a plan and even posted it so that people could see it and and see how I'm doing. I got as far as number one on my plan, and it wasn't because I wasn't persistent. It was just because I was persistent on one thing and, you know, overestimated my ability to handle stuff on the plan in one day. <laughs> So, yes, persistence goes a long way to make you focus on what's important, regardless of of what the plan is from the start. And
0: I think, too, one of the things that comes into persistence and grit is adaptability and flexibility. When you're talking about you don't know how things will change, are you adaptable? Are you ready to respond? Can you make a shift? Can you change things up a little bit if you need to? I think that's something important to think about.
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting, too, because it may seem like flexibility is the opposite of persistence. You know, we we can view persistence as doggedly going about what you believe is right, uh, regardless of what's hitting you, uh, what's coming at you, but being able to recognize that you need to shift to something else or take a different approach in order to get towards where you want to be, I think that that is just as important. And persistence goes through flexibility. So as long as you are flexible, and you stay persistent at what you know needs to be done, even as you change course and are adaptable to your environment, um, persistence can still, you know, play a role and isn't the opposite of adaptability.
0: Yeah, I think they go hand in hand. And I think that you can definitely be persistent as you change your approach. I I think it's important to realize that like grit and that sort of ability to keep moving forward and persist in what you're doing. That doesn't mean that you're inflexible and that you only stick to whatever you think your plan should be. You know, part of that is saying, okay, I need to change things up a little bit. I may need to pivot. But I can still keep moving forward, even though I'm maybe doing so in a different way.
1: Funny that you mentioned that. I know that one of the articles that I have coming up is all about pivoting. Being able to adapt and change course and recognize the situation that you're in uh, is, you know, I I think very important. But also, it's funny that in some cases, persistence does mean not pivoting and staying on a course. You know, the only way to really know is once... The result is out there to look back and say, "Ah, yes, it's because I did this that I have the success today. It's because I didn't do that that I have the success today." And there are just so many ways to go about it. And you really are biased by what you went through in order to get to the success that you have. You know, speaking of bias, that that is a huge thing when we're talking about success because a lot of the time we're inspired by other people's success and I know this from consumerism commentary because other bloggers have have told me that you know the reason that they're pursuing publishing and financial media is because of consumerism commentary and sites like that that have garnered the attention of a broad community and have gone on to be commercial successes in various ways but a lot of the time that success story is hidden they don't see all the businesses and all the blogs and all the websites that started but failed, that were abandoned because people just gave up. So there's this survivorship bias out there. We believe that we can do something because we see the successes clearly, and we we never really see the failures. They just kind of disappear into non-existence after a while. So success almost seems easy.
0: Yeah, and I think not only that, but... You say success seems easy, almost easy, and that's unreasonable. We have these unreasonable expectations, and then we're comparing ourselves to these successes. We're comparing our efforts of the last six months to the results of someone else's years of effort, and I get that all the time from people who ask me, oh, well, how can I become a freelance writer? How can I make X number of dollars a month in, and, and do how much, how can I make what you make and how can I do it in two months? Mm. And I'm just sitting here going, it, took me you know years to get to the point where I make as much as I do it took me a while a long time before I could kind of create this lifestyle that I enjoy and be able to do this kind of on my own terms but people seem they, they see that they see the end product and then they get discouraged because they're like oh well I've been doing this for two months and I'm not seeing the same success that you see I'm like I have been doing this for 11 years so, <laughs> yeah.
1: I think part of grit is a certain detachment from reality, especially when faced with failure and just not accepting the idea of failure and forging forward, perhaps adapting and keeping the focus on what the goal is, even though the world might be telling you that it's stupid or you're never going to succeed or no one has done what you've done before. Again, Grit will get you through that, and grit could see you succeed, but there's no guarantees. I mean, you can, you can be as persistent as you want at something that's never going to succeed and then never succeed. We talk about the various factors of success, like grit um, mixed with talent, intelligence, and hard work, and everything else that we've talked about. But what we don't always say is that it is still possible to do all everything right to have all of these features and still never succeed at what you think you need to succeed at. Of course, there's probably other successes that you're seeing down the road, but you may be ignoring that because you're so persistent on this one particular thing. So that's that's the survivorship bias that we were talking about. That is the idea that, yes, these are the factors that you need to succeed, but it's still, still, still not a guarantee. It just helps you immensely.
0: Yeah, and I think part of it goes back to the discovery. We talk about, oh, well, there's a difference between an overnight success and success is suddenly being noticed. And a lot of the people that we call overnight successes have just finally been noticed. And that's the way it is. Uh, But what happens if you work really hard and you never get noticed? And the other thing you have to consider is, well, what sort of success are you looking for? I, I will probably never be famous and fabulously wealthy, and I'm okay with that. My, my definition of success is, hey, I get to travel, I make enough money to support my son and me in a comfortable lifestyle, and I make enough that I have time to sit here and record adulting.tv with my buddy Harlan. So that's success for me. So you need to step back and say, okay, well, what defines success for me? And then how am I going to use grit and these other factors to get there?
1: Yeah. Today's society, it seems like people come out of nowhere and are just famous. We all like to think that we're just going to put up a YouTube video and it's going to be discovered and that's going to be our key to making millions of dollars or having millions of fans or having a hit record. I mean, there are so many different things that we see happening in today's media. I, I mean, look at the Beatles, all right? They came to the United States and suddenly they were the most popular band in the world, but let's not forget that they spent years and years playing in small clubs throughout Europe until they got really, really good and just did it every night, performing every night. They're the hardest working band in Europe, and we you know, we see them as just coming to the United States and, and coming out of nowhere and just taking over rock and roll. That's not how it happened at all.
0: Right, and I think too, we say, "Oh well, you're not successful until you're famous."
1: Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's rethink that too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the way we're heading with YouTube culture and everybody just wanting to put themselves out there and, and be discovered. But listen there 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 are other there are other things that you can succeed, in. you don't have to be famous. Uh, you don't have to you don't have to have all of that in order to to consider yourself a success just start with start with one project that you're really passionate about and try to get it done in, in a way that you think is the best way you can do it and really, that really is success right there doesn't matter if people see it or not
0: I like that so what are some of the do nows then that our listeners can put into practice to start on that project? start getting moving toward that success.
1: As we said, persistence is probably the key. I think we need to start off by figuring out how much time you really do have in order to persist at whatever it is you'd like to do. And I know that there is a lot of time wasted in my day, you know, from the moment I wake to the moment I go to sleep. Surely there is... uh, ways for me to be more efficient about the time. And one way to check that is to actually track it. You know, this isn't a big thing for me. I think it helps to track it to start. And then you'll probably get a great idea of where you can probably be a little more diligent about how you're working towards your goals throughout the day. I think a lot of this just comes down to setting some time aside, especially if this is something outside of your day job, especially if you want to succeed in in something that's important to you on a level that's different than working at a company. Set aside some time and focus on it every day.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to do that. Just you don't have to track every single second of your day, but keeping track of what you're doing can help just kind of write down and say, "Okay, I'm going to start here's the time I have started surfing Facebook. <laughs> now let's look at the time when I finished surfing Facebook. Uh, the American Time Use survey found, on average, Americans 15 years and older spend three hours a day watching TV. You say, oh, I don't have time to do this. But Are you watching TV an average amount? Because maybe you do have a little time. And there's nothing wrong with watching TV. There's nothing wrong with relaxing. There's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself and saying, okay, you know what? No, I don't have to be doing something all the time. Because you don't. But you might have more time than you think.
1: Yeah, a choice to do that is a choice to not work towards some of your goals. If you're okay with that, then it's fine. But if you're not okay with that, then, you know, you have to decide what is more important. And, you know, we've always said, I've always said, and I'm sure Miranda, you've said this as well, but how you spend your time is directly related to your true priorities. I mean, we like to believe that we have family first and then, you know, all of our success goals on this priority list and that, you know, something like watching TV or hanging out at the beach is kind of lower on the list. But then you find yourself spending more time on those things that are lower on your list. Well, then what you're seeing is that the truth is those things are more important. They're higher on your priority list than those things that you want to have high on your priority list. So it's it's uh you know how you spend your time reveals your priorities and I think that's 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 important to keep in mind as we're looking towards you know what it what does it take to to be successful. And I can always turn back to Someone, a former boss who I didn't always agree with, you know, his philosophy, I didn't always agree with everything that how he go about living his life. But one thing was clear, there was this activity that we're all involved in was the one thing that was most important to him. And he put all of his time into it. It absolutely paid off because this is one of the most successful organizations in the field. But it was certainly at an expense to all of the things that normal people find important, like family and friends and relationships. But those are the choices that he made, and uh, he made sacrifices and he got to the top and was persistent for many, many decades. And it's been paying off the whole time. But at the same time, you know, he really lives his life according to his priority list, and he put his business at the top of that priority.
0: Yeah, and and I think along with that, the next thing you can do is identify the most important tasks to keep working at. So look at the things that are most important to you and focus your efforts in that time that you have.
1: Yeah, and that's all about that priority list, yep. like uh, yeah. right? Just uh, make your true priorities how you want them to be, and then realize that everything lower should receive less attention.
0: And then uh, finally... For a thought experiment, if you want to kind of learn to think a little more flexibly, try and do some different scenarios and think about them in terms of if then. What would happen? If this thing happened to me, then what would be the result or what would I do? So kind of do this sort of thought experiment where you think of different solutions to a problem or different outcomes to a situation so that you get used to being adaptable and thinking in uh, different terms.
1: Yeah, and that kind of al- always comes down to probabilities and likelihoods. Let- let's say I created a YouTube video. L- let's say I was someone who wanted to be an astronaut and travel through space and go- visit Mars. Let's say I wanted to, you know, have that as one of my goals. Let's say that I have gotten so far as creating a video that I posted on YouTube. Uh, Should I already be planning for the moment when NASA discovers me and sends me to Mars? Is that a possibility? I suppose anything's a possibility, but is it a likelihood? No. So do I need to start planning right now for that moment when NASA discovers me and puts me on a shuttle? No. Um, You know, you you have to be reasonable with the planning that you do do. Uh, Yes, it's possible that if I don't think about that, then, you know, if NASA does send me the email saying, hey, we saw your video on YouTube, we want to send you up in a shuttle to Mars. Yeah, I'll probably have to miss out on that opportunity because I didn't prepare for it. But the likelihood of that happening is so low that it's not something that you can reasonably prepare for. Um, and you know, we, we talked about this earlier, you, know, you, you just have to, you have to consider what could possibly happen, but also keep in mind what is realistic and what your, what, what your immediate needs are for that in order to move forward.
0: We do have a listener question. I have a hard time sticking to something when I don't see immediate results. How can I move beyond instant gratification and develop more of an interest in pushing through for long-term success?
1: Ooh, okay. So That's
0: good times. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think one of the reasons that we're that we struggle uh, especially with success and and other things is that because there is this wiring we have for instant gratification. Um and we see uh, a lot of people just give up and, and, and that's, that's the opposite of grit. That, that is the giving into instant gratification and giving up when you don't have the results as quickly as you think you should is the opposite of grit. So, uh, so, so yeah, how do you become a person who is more persistent and who has grit instead of someone who will only give things a try for a short amount of time and then give up if they don't see results immediately.
0: I think a lot of that just comes down to practice and being motivated and kind of visualizing sort of an end result. A lot of the time, because we are wired for instant gratification, to some degree we need to practice So part of that practice is saying, okay, so I would really like to buy a new TV. I don't have the money saved up. I just have a credit card. Once the gratification says, okay, I'm going to buy it now on the credit card and then I'm going to pay interest for however long. Instead of doing that, say, okay, I am going to practice and I'm going to save up. I'm going to save up for X months to save up some money to go toward this TV. And that's kind of a simplistic approach. But the reality is this, it takes some time and sometimes you have to do it in small increments and just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to you know, work on this practicing delaying my gratification just for a little bit. In my case, a lot of the time it's, I would like to stuff my face full of chocolate immediately and do it right now. Part of what I've been working on is saying, okay, no, I don't need one. I don't need as much chocolate as I think I want. And two, I don't need it right now. You know, uh, right now, what I really need is an orange, and I can put off having chocolate. And, and I think it just comes in these little things, and, and learning to put off some of the things we don't need uh, for a later time.
1: Yeah, but I think the difficulty is not understanding that, but actually <laughs> doing it, and oh yeah, and delaying the gratification. Um, you know, we I think we all know that that's what we have to do. So how do we? How do we? adapt ourselves to be more willing to wait before we receive the gratification? And I, th- I think that's a, that's the more difficult question. And I think, you know, one of the things that we can do to move in that direction is noticing smaller successes and making a bigger deal out of things that are smaller. Still, that's not enough to get you there, um, you know, to 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 do that, I think it comes down to maybe writing things down. Okay, so writing things down for yourself, number one. And number two, having people who can help you and who you can tell them what you're trying to do. You want to focus on some of these smaller goals, even if they seem insignificant. And having them support you by celebrating these smaller intermediate goals with you. That way, you're not necessarily just putting off your gratification forever, but changing the way that you are gratified in the meantime.
0: Yeah, I like that idea of saying, okay, well, what does a reward look like? What does success look like? And finding new ways of, of feeling good
1: about stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, thank you for listening to us on adulting.tv. Remember that you can subscribe in iTunes and Stitcher and feel free to join us on our Facebook community. Tell us what you think about instant gratification and tell us about your own struggles as well as your successes. We'd also love to read your comments below this episode because we want to learn more about how we can progress in this area as well and go on this journey together.
1: for listening to adulting find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv